Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast, where fitness philosophy meets up with sales strategy. And now your host, award-winning trainer and sales strategist, Corey Angelin. Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast. I am your host, as always, Corey Angelin. Two special guests today. That's right. Two special guests today. We have Senior Performance Director for F45, Mr. Dylan Thompson, and Performance Manager for F45, Justin Shin, both of which are, for, are colleagues of mine. So I'm very grateful to have you guys hopping on today's episode. How's everyone doing today? Doing great, Corey. How are you, sir? Good, man. Good, man. Justin, you holding up? Yeah, everything is good. Really good. Busy. So the title today uh, is The Importance of Business Coaches in Fitness. Sometimes people call us consultants. Um, I think we all agree we like the term business coaches, and, and it really is important. And I thought there's, there's no two better people to bring on for an episode to talk about this than, than you guys. So I'm grateful that you guys are joining us today. So first thing I just want to kind of preface this whole episode on is like, and Dylan, you might be able to take this one is, if you think about the last 10 years, right? Like how has selling fitness changed? Especially now that you have big box, boutique, whatever the case may be. How has it changed in your view over the last decade? You know, Corey, that's a, that's a really good question. And I put a lot of thought into this uh, on my own personal time. And so I'm happy you ask. And I think the answer really comes down to a couple of things, right? Um, fitness has expanded. You know, we, we really have blown up to be the fastest growing industry in the world, in my opinion. And when I got into this 10, 12 years ago, they told me it would be. I just kind of looked and I said, okay. And <laughs> as I was learning training, right, and kind of getting my groove and trying to learn how to go through this member acquisition or, or, or build my own client portfolio, you know, the idea and how you learn is, oh man, you just go out there and take them through a great workout and then you stretch your brain on them, tell them all these great stuff and then pitch these, uh, these options, right? And they just buy something. Okay. And for a long time, that was awesome, right? It worked great, right? We got out there, we showed them different things, worked time under tension, yada, 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 talked about caloric deficits and they're mind blown. And they're like, you know what? Never heard any of this before. It sounds great. Here's my credit card. Now it's not the same way, right? Because fitness has blown up. We've got thousands and thousands and thousands of brands that are doing the exact same thing, right? So what determines the difference between our product and the neighbor's product, whether it be yep. big box or boutique or what have you, right? So now it's turned into earning your business. And this is where I really, really dive into is what is each step of the process entail to where I give you a full encompassed experience and create the value and give you a plan to be successful and show you that I have the education and knowledge and that hand in hand we can be successful. That is what makes successful for fitness professionals these days. The old school come out, let me show you some cool movements that I learned on YouTube just doesn't cut it anymore, right? Remember the days we, we, we would just crush the client and, and like we'd be like, I have to crush this person because they're just going to hand me that credit card and be like, that's the best session I ever had. But obviously, as you know, that's not the case. Um, so, so, so Dylan, to that point, uh, mastering the lead to sales cycle always fascinates me because it's like you could have great trainers, but does it really matter if you can't sell a training package or a membership? Like if you, if you can't even get it over to the trainer, does it matter how great the trainer is? So like, let's start with just like, what, what do you think goes into mastering, you know, the, from the time that someone calls in throughout that sales cycle? 
You know, there's a, so much that goes into it, Corey. And the biggest thing is just making sure that you have your processes, right? In yeah. my opinion. And, and that's what's come up now is that we get into these boxes and we develop these spaces or we step into a, a, a new industry, like such as fitness with new um, entrepreneurs stepping in and, and, and becoming owners of these boutique brands. And they get this sense that, well, the leads come, we call the leads, we get them in the door, we show them how awesome we are and they buy something, right? Well, we all know it just doesn't work that way. You're laughing at me because I'm telling you, right? So what has to happen is the second that we interact with this person, you've got to be 100% show ready from that very point and have strategic processes and follow-up systems in place for every step of that. You know, just speaking to our individual processes with F45, we recommend anywhere from nine to 15 points of contact just in that first seven days. So ensuring that you have all of these contacts or all of these contacts scheduled and making sure that you're keeping notations on these things is one thing, but you also have to be able to come in and say, well, what's each point is it gonna entail to instill the value, right? What does my follow-up look like? What does my contact cadence look like? What tools am I utilizing to maximize this? Because just calling doesn't work anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same concept. So going in, it's very, very important that you have the right staff for one, right? And, and this making sure that you've got the proper system set up and that you have the right tools. There's so many resources available now for us from BrandBot to LoyalSnap, um, Gym Leads, all these different things that we can use as CRM platforms that I think that a lot of us don't even utilize because we're not aware of them. So we've got to get out and research what's the top of the, what's the brand new product Where's the hot streak that's going to make us successful? And then we take those products and, and, those, and we apply them to our business and use them as mapping and documenting tools so that we can really document every single step of this process so that absolutely nobody falls through the cracks. You know, the biggest thing in fitness for me, and as I've been managing gems and boutiques over the, the last decade, is where are the missed opportunities, yeah. right? That's the very first thing as a business coach, right? In my opinion, is where are the missed opportunities and how do we maximize them? So making sure that we don't have any missed opportunities with our setup is imperative as we transition into this acquisition phase. Yeah, you hit something that I always I think about is that where are the missed opportunities. If you think about the average sales closing percentage in any business, it's somewhere around 25, 30%, right? And yeah. which means that 70% of the people are missed, right? So, and, and we're not saying as business coaches, you're going to close 100%. But what if someone like, like you or Justin or myself can get you to 50 to 60%? I mean, essentially, we've doubled your business, right? So having the proper resources, like you said, is really important. And then Justin, Dylan, expand a little bit on what Dylan just said, having the right um, you know, staffing in place and then really making sure that they understand specific roles and responsibilities. So in what you do when you're coaching uh, in the fitness, uh, you know, some fitness owners, what do you recommend? Where, where are some of those gaps that people have in staffing where you think that, you know, if they didn't have a gap there, they'd be a lot more successful? Yeah, I think to piggyback kind of Dylan's point uh, with regards to having systems in place, uh, I think it's really important that we really learn how to adjust and pivot when we need to, uh, not getting comfortable in our sales process. If we see time and time again, something is failing, uh, then we have to adjust very quickly. 
And how do you then train up your team to work together as a unit in order to deploy the best service possible? And that requires a high level of understanding of every single role that's taking place in your studio. We're currently in a tricky time where our finances are kind of um, thin. So how do we be smart about that? In the past, we can be like, okay, let's throw money at a studio manager. Let's throw yeah. money at a uh, head trainer and let's throw money at a uh, sales manager. But we don't have those resources anymore. So really, what are the key uh, personnels within our space that we really can utilize to grow our business the fastest way possible? Uh, and I think Dylan and you would agree that a sales manager is key, right? And then from there, how, how do you then keep everybody else, your trainers on the same page with, let's say like a, a head trainer, right? And then how do we coach them up and delegating very specific roles and responsibilities with amongst the team so that everybody has a clear understanding uh, from top to bottom, what every individual is doing, not only within the sales process, but within the studio to take care of your members as well. And what, what would you advise that sales manager specific responsibility to be? Because I find that, uh, and same with you guys, that a lot of owners try to take that role on themselves. And sometimes they take it on and they have zero experience. So what, what, do you spe- what would you specifically tell someone, not only that the fact that you need to have a sales manager, right, but specific roles, like one or two main nuggets that they need to be doing on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, Dylan can speak to this as well, but the one thing that people don't realize is how much time it takes to maintain those nine to 15 points of contact, as Dylan yeah. mentioned, right? So do we really have time as owners to be calling, emailing, texting people over and over in order to get them into the studio, then what do you do after they get into the studio as a trailer? Who are you handing that off to? Are you taking that responsibility for yourself? Or are you entrusting someone to kind of flow through that process uh, with you as a team? Um, Dylan, how would you, um, or what would you add there? Yeah, I mean, Justin, I think you're you're right on the head of, of, of the nail there, man. And it's like the key components of a membership manager in my mind are, one, their main responsibility needs to be contacting those leads and making sure that they're getting them in the studio. There is absolutely not a, not a single more important position in that entire studio than that individual that's responsible for that booking. I I agree. Say that one more time because that is the most important thing that I try to get across to someone. So say that one more time. Absolutely. The most important role in the entire fitness building is that membership manager getting those people in the door. It has got, it all starts there. You know, Corey, you made a really good point when we spoke earlier and you, and you referenced, it doesn't matter if you've got the greatest trainers in the world, if we can't get them in the door, what good does it do us? Right. So uh, this is a concept that I that I think about all the time and I and I and I look at it and I think it doesn't matter how great you are if you don't have a way to market it. Right. And, <laughs> and, and in a sense of mar- of what a membership manager does is they're marketing for you. Right. Marketing gets the lead. But that membership manager has to get on and sell them to be sold on a membership. We got to sell them on a trial yeah. before we can even sell them on a membership. So making sure that you have somebody that is a high level thinker, that's personable, that knows how to get that root cause, 
to be able to hit those those nuggets that are going to get that person to actually commit and come in and be able to have the organization skills to be able to have consistent follow-up and keep up with 100, 250, 300 leads at a time is a full-time 12, 10 to 12-hour day job in my opinion. And Dylan, give us an overview if you, in a nutshell, sort of, you talk about nine to 12 to 15 touch points, right? Somewhere around there that, that a great membership advisor, sales manager, whatever you want to title them should be doing. What are like one or two of the main things that should be accomplished by them, right? Like, is it to like, make sure you're talking about what the potential members goals are, or is it if they get a, a voicemail, should you leave a message? Like just generally speaking, what should that person be accomplishing throughout those touch points? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so it, it all comes to building rapport and building relationship. Yeah. We need to be able to get to know our member. So the first call, it all comes down to qualifying questions. Are we going to be the right fit for that individual? And is that individual going to be the right fit for me? Because let's be real, we, we have a great product and we have the best product in the world, if you ask me. But at the same time, I think that for some people, it may not be what they're looking for. I'm not going to tell somebody that you've got the picture of Arnold behind you. I, I'm not going to tell Arnold to come in and train <laughs> F45 for, to compete next weekend, right? Like it's just not going to happen. So making sure that we have an applicable service is imperative. So it starts at the top, right? And then once that happens, we get them scheduled. We ask, or we ask our, 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 our questions, make sure they're qualified. We get them into the studio. And then this is where the show has to start, right? This is where we turn it on, baby. This is where it all matters is we get these guys in and we give them an outstanding experience and just get to know them. Gosh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a studio and watched these guys come in and, and I watch these trainers start talking about, all of this intricate science and, and the movement stabilizers and, 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 and synergist muscle groups. And, and nobody cares, guys. Yeah. Nobody cares. Okay? Like, it's good that you know that. We need to know that. But your member doesn't need to know that. That's why they're there and they're talking to you. If they knew that, we wouldn't have a purpose. Yep. Right? So we've got to get in. Learn about your member. Ask questions. Quit trying to talk and just listen and understand that whole first visit should just be building a relationship. It's like a first date, right? I just want to know what are you interested in? What do you like? What do you not like? And so that I can understand as you as a person and I can start understanding what your goals are. Now I can paint the rest of that experience to fit your specific need. So to answer your question in a little bit more specific, Corey, it should be, what is this person looking? What is their problem? Why is it a problem? What is it going to do by solving that problem and then provide that individual with a plan that's going to specifically walk them through step-by-step on how to be successful? That is exactly what I'm looking for. And Justin, to that point, how many times does an owner get on the phone for the first time? And instead of doing exactly what Dylan said, active listening, you know, empowering the customer to speak more, how many times instead of that, does an owner just talk solely about what they have to offer. In other words, just selling them on what they do without even understanding, to Dylan's point, why they're there in the first place. Yeah, unfortunately, it's quite common. And, you know, we've all seen this in the industry, not only within boutique space, but within big box gyms as well. We'll always speak highly of ourselves and kind Mm -hmm. of puff up our chest and talk about how great we are without really paying attention or really caring about the needs of that client. So how are we then to bridge the gap between our product and service to their need if we don't understand their need? 
So I was thinking about, you know, I know you mentioned you're really good at marketing. You're really good at social. You have this 80-20 rule. That initial call should be 80% listening, 20% speaking. Are we really giving our time and attention to ask the right questions and really listening to the needs of that client? And, and then providing a service on the back end, right? Get them in the studio first and foremost, blow them away with a phenomenal experience, and then speak to them about the options that they may have. Yeah, I love that. Dylan, how do you go about coaching uh, an owner, for example, when they're going through the staffing process? Since obviously that's a key element, and we already established that the sales manager is the most important role. How important is it to have that communication between that sales manager and a head trainer, right? Because you know the head trainer can't live on an island either. He or she needs to know what's going on. So what's your advice there in terms of like building that relationship and how the sales manager sort of hands it over to the head trainer at some point throughout that cycle? You know, Corey, that's a really great question. And, and I'm happy you bring this up because I, I watched a, a short clip that we've all seen a thousand times before in this industry, which is Simon, Simon Sinek's um, The Reason Why, right? And yep. so I, I watched that today with on a sales call I was on and, and I, I, I got a point that I had missed previously. And what he said was, is when you're interviewing people to join your team, does their value match yours, right? Does their, does their why have the same proposition of why that yours does? And if it doesn't, chances are you guys aren't going to work together very well, right? So if I'm motivated by changing lives and you're motivated by money, do you think that we're going to mish? Probably not, right? So we have to find people that match our agenda, right? It's like anything else. You don't go marry somebody that hates everything you love. And it's that, so it's got to be a relationship, right? So we've got to find somebody because let's be real. How many hours are these guys going to spend in these buildings? probably more time in the studio than they spend at home, right? That's just how fitness works. We know that. So in order for this to be a cohesive relationship, these guys have to have the same love. They have to have the same passion. So when interviewing people, my question to you would be, what is your why? Before you even go interview anybody else, why are you here? Because if you can't tell me why you're here, you shouldn't be interviewing anybody. Yeah. Right. So once we establish that, now we can start to build out an actual interview guy. Right. Now, let me hit on this for a second. I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell on it. Make an interview guy. OK, because guess what? You don't know if somebody's values are the same as yours if you don't have a standardized set of questions that you're asking everyone. Right. So how many times have you guys got into it and they're like, hey, would you mind listening in on this interview? And you're like, yeah, hey, send me the interview guide over. And they're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> And I'm like, uh, okay, so we need to make sure that we build that relationship. But to get more specific into your question, Corey, it's everything, right? So we have to be able, and, and what we need to understand is that fitness is very sensitive, right? People that come and trust us with their personal goals and, and their struggles, are they're, they're, they're very, that's a very real emotional thing for them, okay? And we need to understand that. So why, the reason I hit on this so hard is because, Corey, let's, let's pretend, right, that, that you're my head trainer and I'm the membership manager and I've been spending all this time with Justin, uh, texting back and forth, building rapport, making him feel comfortable, get him in the studio. I meet him at the front door. He signs a waiver. I talk a little bit about TVs, and I'm like, cool, here's Corey. <laughs> Guess what Justin does, right? Yep. Instantly, he's off. He's done. Yep. He's out. You just lost it. So in order for this to work, 
the communication has to be utmost important, okay? You guys have got to be communicating every single day, talking about your setup for the day, who's coming in, what are their goals, what information did you cover on the phone? And I mean, these guys should be meeting three to five times a day, 10 to 15 times. I would say minimal twice, morning and evening, so that they can have their proper setup and execution. Yeah, I love that. And and to that point, it's a perfect segue to my next question, which sort of leads into it, Justin, which is when we talk about another aspect, why business coaching is so important so we can give advice to these owners or managers, which is giving an unforgettable level of service and training. So once that sales manager has great communication, has multiple touch points with the head trainer, what are some of the things you would coach the head trainer to do as sort of you're getting ready to sort of uh, be at, get to the end point of their trial, whether it's a one day trial or a seven day trial or whatever that trial period is, what, what should the head trainer be doing in terms of, uh, so you're giving that unforgettable level of service. So you're making it easier for that person to say yes to a membership. Yeah, it's quite simple. And to, you know, piggyback again off what Dylan said, there should be seamless communication on the back end before that head trainer ever speaks to that member. They should already know that member by name first and foremost, really understand their goals and really understand their why as to why they're at your studio or space, right? And so it's really about providing a level of care and attention to their needs without even asking them a single question because your communication with your sales manager has been so good that that person is blown away the second they walk into that door, right? And then also to really introduce them to your community. F45, we're known worldwide for our communities that we build within our studios and space. And that is world-class. You can't really find that level of community elsewhere. So we need to leverage that, get them into the fold of all the members, introducing them, introduce them to your staff, make them feel super comfortable and really blow them away by really taking care of them beyond what happens on the training floor, right? If you, so if you take care of your uh, members, um, on the training floor and outside of the training floor, you know, um, you're going to blow them away. So that brings up a good point too, Justin. So thank you, Dylan. What made you, we talk about the why, right? So this is awesome. Why did you make the change from, because we've all been in big box. I think most people have been big box. That's where we sort of come from. Why did you make the switch to boutique and what's the most exciting thing for you and your role being in more boutique fitness? To be quite honest, and specifically at forty-five. Yeah, to be quite honest with you, uh, prior to coming to F forty-five, I was anti-group fitness. I would, didn't want anything to do with it. I built my entire career on one-on-one training. I built my 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 management career on teaching people how to sell one-on-one training and how to be an outstanding trainer. Um, so the the idea of coming to group fitness was never even on my mind. But I did truly enjoy small group training. Yeah. Right. Because I can maximize my, my members dollar. I can maximize their results. I can keep them engaged by creating intercommunication of accountability with growth that group. And there's a lot of things that are appealing in there. Right. So as I started to explore different opportunities and different things, and, and I was starting to learn about different brands, I, I looked at, you know, some of our other competitors. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm good there. I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. Maybe I'll just go buy my own thing. That's where I was at. I was going to just go buy my own studio. Uh, I was going to start up a small personal training studio and run it there. I had no, I, I had no reason to believe that it wouldn't be an excel success, right? 
and then come along. I uh, run into F45 training. I, I talked to a guy in Australia one day, and he's like, I'm going to fly out to Dallas and chat with you. We sat down for a little over two hours. Um, and honestly, I went to that meeting with no intention of coming here um, because I didn't know the product. I didn't know the brand very well. Um, after two years, uh, two hours of getting a really good explanation, I went across the street, um, actually to the, the Dallas Main Street location, um, tried my very first class. I called him the next day and said, okay, where do you want me to sign? I'll take it. <laughs> and, and that's where I'm at, man. I mean, honestly, I, why would anybody that is in this business to change people's lives would not do anything else than come didn't do it on a scale that I can do it in an affordable in a mass cause where I can change numerous people and I can impact numerous people at one time rather than charging somebody a hundred dollars an hour where I can have a little bit of interface with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Justin, what about yourself? Why, why, why make the change to boutique and what, what, what are you most passionate about in your role? Yeah. I mean, again, for me, the thing that draws me to fitness time and time again is changing lives and it goes beyond the physical aspect of it. And I've seen this in our studios at F45 is we really build a relationship so good in our spaces where we're more than just a boutique fitness to them. We're family, we're the community, we're their friend. We have barbecues together, you know, maybe pre COVID. Um, so it's really about that relationship piece and impacting the lives and even growing your membership through um, friends and family. I mean, we talk about referrals all the time, but it's natural, right? Someone yeah. will speak about, you know, where they're working out, not because of how good the workout is, but the impact that you're making in their lives to really uh, touch on something that's beyond uh, the superficial level, right? Yeah, I love it. Uh, as Simon Sinek says, Dylan, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. I figured I'd 100%. throw that in there. So here's the cool part. I think we've established why, uh, just listening to you guys, the importance and the value a business coach brings in the industry of fitness. Uh, we talked about establishing roles and responsibilities, mastering the lead to sales cycle, giving an unforgettable level of service and training. But this just came to me, so forgive me, but we're going to play a little game. Because I know how frustrating it is, like you guys, and how important it is to get staffing right. We've, we've just talked about it, right? And I know there's a lot of frustrating things when you talk to a variety of different staff members, whether it's a trainer or owner or whoever. So I'm going to give, we're going to go Justin first. I'm going to give you a role within the fitness industry. I want you to tell me one or two things that pops into your head when I say that role, okay? Sure. It could be a positive thing. It could be a negative thing. I just want to know gut feeling like what's based on your decades of experience. And we have between the three of us, like 60 years worth of experience, if not more in the, in the fitness industry. So are you ready, Justin? Yes, sir. Okay. Gym owner. Uh, first one that comes to mind is hustler. Uh, one, you have to be a hustler when you're in this industry. You have to pivot very quickly uh, and hardworking. You know, it's, it's a dedication that you have to put into the business. So those are the two words, hustle and dedication. Cool. Dylan, sales manager. Communication organization. I would Ooh, say okay. probably my main two. You have to be a high level communicator and you have to be extremely organized. Cool. Justin, head trainer. 
almost the same. Communication is key um, and uh, providing empathy. Yeah, mm -hmm. not only for your team, your trainers, but to the members. Empathy is huge. It goes a very long way. And it's probably a, a key piece that some of us do miss from time to time. You pulled that out of your butt on that one. That was pretty powerful. You pulled empathy, pulled the <laughs> empathy card. I love that. Dylan, training staff. So not the head trainer, but trainers. Wild dogs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I, I, I do. I think of high energy kids, right? And, and I don't mean that bad. I have four high energy kids. I just mean it that they, they, they have a ton of energy, a ton of passion. They just need some direction. And we'll segue out of that. So great job on that, boys. Um, Dylan, what would you say when you're coaching someone? I, I think one of the only other things we haven't really covered is, listen, no matter, even if you take all of these things in stride and you do a fantastic job, right, you still get a lot of people that say no, right, to a membership. So what's your advice when you're coaching owners or the sales manager in terms of what to do when you get a no? Like what, 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 what's the one or two things you should be, you know, they should be aware of when someone says no. Sure. So there's two reasons that people say no, right? Either we didn't provide enough value or they just flat out can't afford it. Okay. In my mind, if they, if I've gotten you all the way through the trial process, it's one or the other. Okay. Now, if somebody says no, because they can't afford it, guys, it's okay. It's okay. I, honestly, if every single person said yes to me, I would feel that I had an inferior product. <laughs> I'm, I, I would. I, I, it's not good enough. If everybody could buy a Rolls Royce, then why would you want a Rolls Royce? Yep. It doesn't make any sense, right? So we're not, you know, you could, and, and we could take that and spend it a lot of different ways, but I don't think, you know, we need to do that for this matter. But I, I think that we need to make sure that we're really driving home all of the picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Justin, where do you see F45 in the next year? So, you know, uh, hopefully everyone's out of COVID. Um, uh, obviously, F45 announced uh, they're going public. Fantastic, I think, for the fitness industry. Gives a lot of people a lot of hope, not just for, for F45, but for, for everyone in the industry. Um, where, where, do you, where do you see the company in a year? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a ton of exciting things coming in the pipeline. I'm not sure if I can speak of it on this call, um, but... Just the way, if you look at how we've pivoted through COVID and how fast we pivoted as a, as a lean HQ team and all the franchisees out there and how they've adjusted, not only with their programming, but how they're servicing their members, um, we adjusted very quickly. And to that point, we're actually adjusting so fast that we're creating new product that's coming in that pipeline. And we've positioned ourselves in such a strong place. And I think our goal as a company is to be number one in the world. And I, Dylan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we might be even top three, top five. So that's super exciting. I, I'm really looking forward to what happens in the next six to 12 months. Um, I know we're working hard to uh, make things happen. Yeah, Dylan, you want to add on that or? Yeah, absolutely, guys. I have no doubt in my mind that we'll be the largest, fastest growing fitness company in the world um, in, in the years to come. There's no doubt about it. Um, I've worked with a lot of different brands. I've done a lot of different things in this industry. Um, and, and we're progressive, we're fast, and honestly, we're delivering a better product. And so as long as we stay true to our cause and keep our feet grounded, we will be number one, I guarantee it. And on that note, I think just from listening to you two, people see the importance of having business coaches or consultants 
in what they do, especially in the fitness industry because of all the value that, and insights that you guys bring. So I want to thank you guys, uh, Justin, Dylan. Um, let's do this again real soon and can't wait to see you guys in person, but great job today. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, Corey. Thanks, Dylan.